So today, what we're we're talking about the Mars rover. Well, I shouldn't just say the rover, right? It's the Perseverance. All right. Did you watch the live landing? I did watch the live landing. I didn't watch it live, but I did watch the live landing video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mean a replay? Hey, I did. Yes, the replay landing. Actually, it was pretty cool, and it's it's almost. You know, it's strange. It just seems more and more commonplace now to just go to Mars, is, which is a weird thing. And then that sky crane thing, it just seems normal now. Uh, it's just amazing that they can do stuff like that. I know. The part that blows me away is we we watched it live. Well, pre-recorded live. But the video... Yes. The the footage and everything just blows me away. I know. Yeah, it just seems like you're right there. Obviously, it's it's delayed, but it, it's just so clear. Yeah, it's just so clear and, and um, common. And now you have all these uh, high-tech uh, uh, cameras that you can see everything mm-hmm. all around. Not like back in the, well, Curiosity wasn't that long ago, but it still seems like forever ago. Well, st- so why is it that we have that problem on Earth with video camera delays? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or the other thing, too. Yeah. Well, the other thing that starts to make me think is, so this is going back the 60s, the 70s. How is it that we had a camera like looking up at the spacecraft coming down for a landing or the first the first man on the moon to set foot. Well, who put the camera out on the on on the moon to take a picture or the video of the person getting off and out of the I spaceship? Agree. I know. I thought of that same thing. I'm going. That's just like uh, on TV when they say they're the only people out in the wilderness, and then you say, "Yeah, but what about the cameraman that's walking around you?" <laughs> you forget about that that third, that second, that other guy. So, yeah. uh, what is that? That's not the third wall but anyway so the um yeah who put that out so uh, and there's no footprint so what the heck is it is it hanging off the 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 uh landing the lander yeah i don't know um because (laughs) i had never heard on the apollo missions and stuff like that that they had this roving arm that's out there to take a picture back to the to to the um Space module. I don't know what to call it. Yeah, um, lunar so, lander. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Who who took who shot that video? <laughs> <laughs> is there is there that third guy, a Sherpa, that's out there? <laughs> yeah, and he's getting no credit, just like right. all these Mount Everest first person ever to climb twenty times, or oh, first I... person ever to scale this, and you've got a video shooting from way up above the person Here coming he comes up. The first guy, he's coming up the mountain. <laughs> huh? We don't count the, the camera crew. Yeah, you know? the Sherpas, all those people that just is normal everyday trips. They just go up and come down, go up and come down. Yeah, <laughs> they so take all they these don't count explorers up to the top. So as it turns out, it was actually a Westinghouse camera that was used to capture that image that we were talking about. The first images of Armstrong, you know, setting his first steps on the moon. So it was in an assembly that was called a Mesa. 
that stood for Modular Equipment Storage or Stowage Assembly. So it was a, it was a compartment near the ladder. So when Armstrong climbed down, uh, he turned this handle and the, the door opened up. And apparently the camera was uh, fitted in there upside down and at an 11 degree angle. So that's how they captured the image, though it wasn't fake. The Perseverance rover. Mm-hmm. It's uh, like I said, it almost seems like it's commonplace that we're 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 doing that and we're seeing these the footage, although it's not common because that's the first time that we've landed in a in a crater uh, right. on Mars. Right. That was what what was cool. I mean, the more you get detailed, the more our cameras are detailed. uh, It does look like it's a, um, like they said, a, uh, the crater itself looks like it held water up to a certain point because there's an intake and an out, an exit to it. So it looks like there's um, water that entered it and then exited it. So at some point, it seems like they are saying that there's water there. So that's why they landed there and they have that, that delta on the, intake that's just like any other river that's that's it's making mars more and more like earth like like things aren't that much different on mars it just happens to be that there isn't uh there aren't any humans or any type of life that we know out there yet you know my question about all this is i have nothing against uh space exploration and i think it's fantastic actually and i I, i'd like to see more money put into it and I'd like to see more of that space exploration. So I'm very happy that there are private uh, companies, individuals, um, Branson, Sir Branson, and Elon Musk, and all those folks that are investing into space exploration. But what I want to know is, with NASA and this Mars mission, is the purpose just to see if there was ancient life form microbial life form if there if that is the mission why are we doing that are we thinking about terraforming are we looking at uh making a uh, a base there as like a launching pad to go further um so that's my but that's really my question is what's the purpose of really looking for life on a dead planet i mean do we just want it as part of history or what right well yeah and it it seems to me that they uh, say that it's for um, to see how life died there and to see what changed or if there was life there to see how we can prevent our own demise on Earth. I I'd be putting money into building out that um, space station and using that you know as a a launching pad to go further into space and then come back a little bit closer but yeah i don't think i don't think our planet's going to die off anytime soon you hope not yeah yeah but if it does Uh, oh well so yeah with the you know you're talking about the the arm and everything on the perseverance uh rover uh there's a lot of technology that's pretty darn amazing on that thing and i and you're talking about the drilling. And I, I think just a few days ago from when we're doing this podcast right now, which is on, what is today? Uh, March 7th, 7th or 8th? 7th. 7th. <laughs> I think just a couple days ago, didn't they take the actual rover and remote control that and drive out a little bit, like eight feet? <laughs> right. 
Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. took them 33 minutes or something. It didn't go very far. What they also do do now, though, is that it does have auto drive on it. So they have that technology where it can drive while someone isn't controlling it. So that's ah. that's part of a new new technology. Plus, they have that helicopter drone on it, which is going to be cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that'll get some really interesting footage. And right now, some of the live footage and stuff like that that they show from the rover on the on the surface of Mars is pretty darn impressive. Oh, yeah. uh, meaning, like you said, the clarity of it—it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it just—it's a—it's a cool thing. I mean, just that whole landing where they're getting close to it. I mean, a lot of it was uh, animated, obviously, from space—the space portion of it. But once it got closer, and you could see it coming down and dropping, and parachute coming out. I mean, it's just just like if something was landing on Earth, which is a weird thing because. In the past, as a kid, you'd think Mars was just this completely different, you know, planet, atmosphere, just weird thing. But then the more you get used to seeing it and the more you um, hear about it, it just becomes more like, oh, well, it's kind of just like Earth would be just with different gravity. Now it doesn't seem as weird. So obviously a parachute will work in its environment. So you just fly it out there, drop a parachute and it comes down. But that, that freaking sky crane thing is just freaky. But what's weird about it is when you see the cameras of it and the animation, it it's holding it, you know, holding the Rover by ropes or whatever, uh, or cables. And then it drops it, sets it down and then it takes off, but it probably just takes off and then crashes somewhere in the distance, <laughs> just far <laughs> away from it, you know, we're probably littering the entire planet with uh, garbage. Uh, you know, as a humankind, that's what we do. It's it's amazing how much litter that is in space, in orbit, uh, above above Earth, from all the various satellites and stuff like that that we shot up up there. Um, that that's that's just crazy, and it goes with. Mount Everest could be just like the moon or could be like Mars where it was pure and pristine and clean. We got but once there. we started exploring, tons and tons of garbage. And people. Yeah, and people. <laughs> uh, still stuck there. I yeah, you're Right. <laughs> They're there forever. <laughs> yeah. um, so speaking of space exploration and stuff like that and getting away just a little bit from – from the Mars, uh, NASA rover, Perseverance stuff. I th- think before the end of this year, they're going to send up some private citizens into outer space. Did you hear about that? Yes, because I had a... Um, I had... Uh, the application to go? Yes, I was filling out the application, but I didn't want to put down the $200,000 to be able to do it back then. So um, I had a reservation, but then they they actually contacted me to pay up. And I said, okay, well, I'll drop out now. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that and and just the few seconds that you're in that that high altitude, lower space, you're not in orbit. You're just barely below. So you're kind of up and then you drop back down. I didn't feel that. I mean, it'd be obviously cool, but I would rather be out in space. But, yeah. yeah, I think that the I don't want to say scary part, but the the interesting part about this one is there is 
there is not an astronaut piloting the 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 vehicle, the plane, or the the jet to go into, like I said, a low, a high atmosphere, low, whatever you want to call it, but where you get weightlessness and you're just above probably skimming the top of the Earth's atmosphere and then coming yeah. back down. Uh, that part is kind of interesting where I don't know if it's just a regular pilot that's flying this rocket up there and then coming back <laughs> down, or is it is it controlled uh, from the ground like a, like a drone thing? Right. Do you know? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know because we didn't look into this because this was not part of the topic today. Right. But that's just kind of cool where they're doing that. That is cool. And I also heard this is what's really uh, this seems interesting as well, is that um, obviously Elon's all about space on his SpaceX um, thing. I mean, he's he's everywhere. I mean, you know, it just seems like he's just the forefront of all this technology mm -hmm. right now. But. He's already stating in 2023 they're going to have tours of the moon. So they're going to be able to fly out to the moon in 2023 and give manned tours of the moon and then come back. Now that seems like a giant, uh, I don't know, it seems very, um, not aggressive, but um, ambitious. A lofty goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, that is something. It's Can you imagine going to the moon? fake. <laughs> Just like the movie Capricorn One. Yes. Yeah. It's done with smoke. Smoke and mirrors. Yes. <laughs> hey, they should have a pot shop called Smoke and Mirrors. No, that'd be a pot and cocaine shop. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm gonna go reserve that URL right now. <laughs> yeah, smoke and mirrors. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Uh you know, some of the other interesting th facts about uh about the Perseverance rover and Mars and everything is it's for some reason in my head, I, I, I thought that the distance was greater. Well, 143 million miles is a long ways, but I thought it would take longer to get there. But this took just seven months, which mm -hmm. is not that much time mm -mm. to get from Earth to Mars. <clears throat> no, I know. It seems very quick. The only problem is if you're, if, if it's a human, it's all the, it's seven months of being bombarded with radio, radioactive waves. <laughs> so yeah. you're out there in seven months and you're just being bombarded with radioactivity. That's the, that's the, that's the hard part. I've seen <laughs> movies before and that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Star Trek. You don't see them. Yeah. Crying about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think the other, other thing with all that is, because of the weightlessness, can't say I know this as a fact, but I, I believe it to be so, is because of the weightlessness and probably something to do with our bone density and all that stuff when there's no weight. And if you're out, out in space too long without weightlessness, you probably lose muscle mass and things right. like that. So now, because of that, I can understand that distance traveled in space could be detrimental to human body right now. Right. Yes. Um, but I mean, the, and I don't know how that, if, if, I mean, obviously it's probably bad because I'm not a doctor, but they've had, I mean, isn't that, wasn't there that Russian guy that was in the, the International Space Station for, I don't know, a year or more? Was he mm -hmm. out there and seems like the same thing because you're out of the atmosphere, you're orbiting, you're in space. I know there's a different issue with, with that because he's close to Earth. I did hear that, uh, so if you're... Um, 
in the International Space Station, say you're, you're, you have a medical emergency, um, obviously you want to take care of it locally. But if you cannot, and you, and you can talk to uh, people on Earth without pretty much a delay, there's no, you know, not really a discernible delay going on. So you can help whomever's out there with you if you have a crew. And then if all else fails, if you do the, if you do decide to abort the mission, you can be in a hospital within hours of, of something happening. But obviously as if you're going to Mars and something happens, uh, the farther and farther away from earth you get, the harder and harder it is to actually, if, if impossible to get any kind of, uh, uh, safety net. So it's it's like you're just they're sending you off. It's like you're just taking a slingshot and going. Well, I hope you make it. And uh, here you go. And then off into space you go. And then you got to take care of yourself, which I mean a lot of people would do because it's they're that's that's what exploration is. It's trying to get trying to get that far and it, where no one has gone before. But I don't know. It just it's um, yeah. It seems like you could make it to Mars since we've. Sp- spent that a human has spent that much time out in space it seems like you could still make it to mars and last that long although it is seven or seven seven and a half months to get there then you do your thing on mars and then if there is a way or transport to get you back from there which they haven't just you know made yet but uh, if they get you back then it's another seven to eight months to get you back so i mean there's there's it's a long round trip yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of things that you're just now mentioning as far as the, the, the time delay. Not so much if you're on the International Space Station, you're closer to Earth. Uh, radio waves and video is transmitted pretty much in real time or very close. And I think on Mars right now, and there's a lot of sophisticated radio uh, equipment on on that Perseverance rover. But it still takes... Anywhere from as little as five minutes to as long as 20 minutes uh, for a signal, uh, just a radio signal to reach from Mars to Earth. And I think they're saying the the average right now is 11 minutes and 22 seconds. So, yeah, if if I need to, you know, do something to fix the ship or to do something medical to myself or a, uh, a fellow astronaut, that 11 minutes could mean yeah. life or death. Well, that's that's one way. So you, you're talking, uh, you know, it's just right. if, if it were 20 minutes, just say on the long shot, because it would be 40 minutes before you got an answer. That's true. <laughs> That's right. So you're sitting there talking and then you'd have to wait, whatever, the 40, 20 to 40 minutes before anyone answered you back. And then you'd have to ask another question. So you better make it a good question. <laughs> and get the right answer the first time. Yeah. Or if you get hurt, you're done. Can you imagine that with the podcast? Hey, Al, how you doing? And then 40 minutes later, <laughs> I get the answer. <laughs> yeah, we do that now on the news where they say, hey, this is uh, Kobe, I don't know, whomever in uh, in uh, Spain. How you doing? And the guy's just staring at the camera. Well, thank you, sir. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that happens now on Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so but, this perseverance it landed on the 18th of February. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah, and then and then it seemed like they turned around. I mean, we were getting photos fairly quickly after that. They were just releasing photos like nothing. Yeah. Hey, I can play the actual 
landing video, and we could talk about that if you want. Oh, I'll bring that yes. up right now. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So we'll go ahead and start this. The, the wild part about all this is I think I read someplace where on the actual landing, the, um, the rover was coming down so fast that they could not, they don't control it from, you know, space station on Earth. Right. I, it had all this like AI stuff that determined uh, speed, altitude, where to land and all that stuff. And that, I think, was the first time that they had something like that done. Yeah, where it was being controlled uh, remotely, automated. Automated, yes. Yeah, autonomous flying. Yeah, they were doing that. They they say that's how the um, the helicopter or drone is going to be fla- flown because they can't um, the delay and they can't control it with a joystick. They're going to actually have to have it automated as well, which is um, which is very interesting. Yeah, it. What blows me away again is like we were saying earlier is the image. Wait, I just saw something move. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's, that's my cursor. cursor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, like we were saying earlier, just the images that come through uh, from that distance is just amazing. It's like when, well, it's even better than when we landed on the moon, because obviously the cameras are much better. But I wish this, because this is a big step. Right. Well, I mean, we're traveling that far away to another planet, an actual planet. The moon is not really a, it, the moon's not a planet. This actually has an atmosphere and all that. But it didn't capture us like the moon landing did, where everybody was around their TV. Everybody was watching it. I wish that I wish that was uh, back again. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the reason Well, that's all that. That that this is so cool right here watching the oh, the, the dust the dirt move. I'll go ahead and just and that sky crane that's just cool. It drops yeah. it. Look at that, and then it's hanging there, and and then it flies off and crashes. <laughs> litters it litters all that billion of dollars just sitting there in the dust. There it goes. Bye bye. I'm going to go crash over here so no one sees it. I mean, that that is, I mean, really, really amazing, though. Um, Oh, yeah, that's awesome. What's cool about the instruments on that thing is that one of them, which is is pretty cool, because it just means that obviously it's just inevitable that humans are going there. It's almost like a given where it's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to go to Mars. Before it would be like, why would we want to send a person to Mars? We can go study it, but why would we want to send a person there? But obviously, um, that's the part of exploration is you want a human to be there so they can actually touch and feel and do whatever they need to do um, on 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 the where you're going. I mean, but they actually have instruments there to to actually create oxygen out of the CO2 that's in the atmosphere so that they don't have to ship it there because mm-hmm. that just takes more payload and, and it's just heavier for the ship. If they can create stuff from what the, what Mars has to offer, it's, it's, it's just better. You know, you're not bringing something there, which is still another controversy is that we're bringing, we may be um, bringing 
bacteria there. We may be, uh, the life that we find might be because we brought it there and it just um, inhabited. It's just a a weird thing. Was life there before we got there or did when we got there, did we bring life and then it just inhabited that planet? So is that an ethical thing or is that a scientific issue? I mean, for you, if, if by chance we brought some sort of bacterial and all of a sudden now there's some sort of foreign life form that is uh, growing there on that planet because of us. Are you, are you against that for one reason or another? Are you again it? Are you again it? Are, are you against it? Uh, that's so much, we're we're starting to skate on um, Scientology right now. <laughs> In reverse. Um, yeah, you didn't know I got Tom Cruise as a guest over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the um, I don't know. I think I think of humans as cancer anyway. Oh. I think of human. I was wondering what that beeping was. I just put my hands on my keyboard and just held it down. <laughs> but the, um, I think of humans as cancer anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I mean, we're destroying this earth. We're, any way we go, we're going to destroy it. So what does it matter? What does it matter? We're just bringing other life forms to another planet. Hey, they're getting a free ride. That's right. <laughs> it's like War get... of the Worlds, where, where the bacteria killed the aliens. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I think it would be very interesting, but I would like to see it in a controlled environment there on that planet. If we brought certain microbial bacteria, um, whatever, single-celled amoebas and stuff, to see if, if they could survive in that environment or maybe i brought a uh, a jar with water in it and i dig a hole in the planet's surface well i'd have to dig a hole put some cement so the water won't evaporate or whatever yeah. pour the water in there and then dump the creature in there or or the single-celled uh, amoebas or you know the tiny microbial bacterias yeah. and then check to see what the growth is will it all of a sudden adapt to that environment and then it becomes this giant man-eating creature or what will happen? Right. Those are my interests in... in if it doesn't freeze it, overnight. It, it, yeah. <laughs> so we'd have to get something that's, you know, that comes from the depth of the ocean area because the temperatures down there are so cold and it's so dark and things like that. If we could somehow bring that up and bring it up to uh, Mars... People out there thinking I'm nuts and they're going to probably come and hunt me down saying you shouldn't be talking like that. But just out of curiosity, is there anything from Earth that can survive on that planet? And then we will have the UFO people say that was the life on the planet Mars, which came to Earth. Mm -hmm. And that's why it can live on Mars. Sure. So, because octopus, they're supposed to be really intelligent. Mm-hmm. They're like aliens. Octopi. They, did they come from Mars? Right. They got like the same color, red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it, I mean, 
there's as far as we know there's nothing on there yeah yeah i mean we've been there i mean uh, even um yeah we've been it just seems like we've been it's just so commonplace to go there that now that we've landed there again that it's going to be the same information like there's nothing there (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that brings me back to the original thing is why are we going there? Is it right. to find out, was there ancient life before? Shouldn't we be working on something else, spending the billions of dollars right. on space space exploration? Right. You know, I Sure, it's great to find out, to realize, was there a civilization there? Nah, but there used to be water and there was micro, microbial bacteria that you can't see unless you have a 2,000-powered microscope. Yeah. Um, I don't care for that. I, I'd like to expand the horizons and explore space and then get a little bit from here, a little bit from there. Um, well, here's a thought. So, so obviously we, be, you know, certain people believe we're the only ones out there. Mm-hmm. I be, I do believe there is life out there, but I think possibly if we go to, this is the first step. We go to Mars, find out if there's, life if there isn't life there that i mean it's the closest planet we go farther if we find eventually say 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 we do it on mars if we eventually say there is microbes on mars they have lived here they haven't been uh, introduced by earth they survived here and they're living at that point then it's a jumping off point then you say there is life on other planets now we can go explore space we don't have to keep going to Mars and exploring how come life died? Why didn't they evolve all this? It's basically going there. Hey, these aren't just dead planets. There's something living. Now we can go and say, hey, that's the closest planet that uh, um, resembles uh, Earth's atmosphere. There most likely is life there. Let's go there. And then we can spend the trillions of dollars and um, thousands of years to get there. And you're right, thousands of years to get there because at this speed that we're going right now, we're not getting out of our solar system anytime soon, right? So, um, yeah. Uh, Why haven't they named those spacecraft after the uh, freaking um, ex- early explorers? I guess they named the Columbus. Was there the? There's no Nina. There's no Pinta, and there's yeah. no Santa Maria. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know why? Because the uh, the Mars rovers, uh, these rovers, they've actually been named by kids. So oh, for they, crying out! Yeah, so they they have the uh, like essay contests, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the criteria is, but they have these essay contests, and and kids, they're the ones who name the 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 space rover. Um, like I the didn't perseverance even know the word perseverance when I was in elementary school yeah i have no idea who won in fact let's take a quick second uh who named uh mars persevere yeah because i want to call that person so is uh a kid named alex mather hey was he 12 years old that's leave it to beaver Alex Mather. Ma- no, that's Mathers, right? Mathers. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> so right. This guy, it says he, he, so there's a whole article about how he came up with the name. Hey, you know, it's interesting. 
<laughs> is that we're not the only ones going to Mars. We think we're the only ones. Is that uh, they just right before us getting there, the um, Emirates, the uh, United Arab Emirates of Emirates uh, is circling Mars. That was their first interplanetary mission on the ninth. I did now, not know that. Now everybody's going to Mars. Gosh darn it. Yeah, NASA started going, um, not getting funded, and they tried to, uh, uh, it might have been around Obama time. I think That's... maybe Obama probably made it more, made it, because uh, this is what I remember. I don't know if this is right or wrong. They probably weren't funding NASA as much anymore, but we still want to do to do space exploration, and they made it more public. So businesses, they started making them compete against each other, which actually drove the space exploration exponentially um, uh, higher and and faster. Which now we have SpaceX and and uh, all those other. Uh, 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 Blue Origin and all those other companies that because they um, privatized it. Mm-hmm. And then everybody said, because once you try to do that and make it a competition, obviously the public's going to do uh, do it a lot faster than a uh, government agency. Yeah, it's that's why, like we were talking earlier, it's great that people like Elon Musk, uh, Sir Branson, Bezos. Are putting up their own monies uh, to do this. Mm-hmm. Or our money. Oh, yep. Here it is. Obama administration. The Obama administration is the one that cut NASA's planetary science budget by 20% in 2013. Um, so, yeah, that's where they lost a lot of the funding. And then they created that competition where everybody started making their own spacecraft. Yeah. They opened it up. Uh, it is weird that um, Sir Branson... Uh, his spacecraft sort of looks like uh, the Enterprise in Star Trek. <laughs> it has those little wings on the side. I don't know what, what, it's just strange. It has those little wings on the side, like he's trying to figure out a way to make it look like the Enterprise once he gets up there. And with him, I don't know him personally, but with him, it seems like something he would do. <laughs> yeah. This is going to resemble the Enterprise no matter what. Yep. Hey, here's an interesting fact about the, the TV show Enterprise or the TV show Star Trek. Okay. They um, were trying to figure out a way because it was fairly expensive to f- figure out how to uh, film spacecraft landing on planets. That's why they came up with the transporter. Seriously? Yeah, they because it was so expensive to say we got to film. A, how are we gonna? We got to film the spacecraft landing on a planet every time. Uh, you know that little shuttle thing and all that. Um, so they said, well, let's have something where you can just trans. You know, where they can just beam them down, and they came up with the transporter. Oh wow! Because it was That's... Just, it was a budget reason. Dang, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. Uh, And and with all those types of science shows, what's weird or not weird is I would have to imagine that 
at least 50% of what they talk about is real. Oh, yeah. Boy, it's just strange how, how you, you look at the set, you look at computers. This is back in the 60s, 62, and they have computers, they have uh, wireless headsets that, they're, that are stuck in their ears, and you don't know which, which is coming first, if that was actually, they were trying to make it uh, possible, and they said, okay, this would be cool, or if they just did it in Star Trek, and then they said, hey, uh, Star Trek did it, let's make something like uh, it was in this science fiction movie. You don't know which came first, whether it was art or um, life, but uh, but yeah, and and then just the there's there's scenes in Star Trek where you're inside the uh, medical facility and the screens that are up on the wall look right. like a regular flat screen TV, and this wasn't even even thought of back in the early '60s of having a flat screen and just the dimensions of it. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's odd. It's very yeah. odd. Uh, flip phone. Yep. Yeah. All of that stuff. And so Motorola, they had the flip phone. They call it the Star Trek. Yeah. Flip phone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the the M's look like the uh, Star Trek logo almost. Just two logos next to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Flip, M- yep. Yeah. And then the. Uh, yeah. So. um What's his name? Captain Kirk. Um, what's his name? James? No, not James Tiberius Kirk. I know his name in the show, but what the heck is his real name? William Shatner. Yeah, William Shatner. <laughs> I know James Tiberian Kirk, but William Shatner. <laughs> Just him uh, going through that phase as a person going, this is not real when he was filming those movies and then all of a sudden nowadays hey look i have a real one in my hand just that yeah. that realization of look at what i have in my hand now was something that was not even thought of when i was filming this show so now that going back to our mars rover uh i i wonder if this is going to be another type of stepping stone where tv shows are going to go and Make something. I don't. I, I'm just. I can't even think. What am I trying to say? It's just interesting. Like you were saying, though, how a lot of the things on Star Trek from the '60s, the the uh, the dimensions of the monitors and the well, John Carpenter the horror movie. John Carpenter no, cutting out. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm thinking John Carter, where he was from. Oh, uh, oh yeah, thing that went John to Mars. Carter. What, what, mm-hmm. what was that? That was what, when was that written? Was that in the yeah 1800s? the book? Yeah, was that in the 1800s? I don't know when the 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 novels or the books uh, were written, but yeah, you're right. It's a lot of things, just like Isaac Asimov and everything. I bet you a lot of the things that these authors wrote about or that they imagined are coming to fruition as mm-hmm. far as space space exploration, the technologies that we have now, the technologies that we have that we don't even know that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we have the we have bombers that have certain reflective properties to try to make them so they're invisible to radars, or you can't visual, or they're difficult to see visually and stuff like that. So, like, so there's your Klingon cloaking device. He, we're getting way off Mars, or no, we are about Mars, but we're getting off the Mars oh, rover. Off. So it was, yeah. Um, so Edgar Rice Burroughs, it was uh, 1912. 
Oh, when he was wrote, it? When he wrote John Carpenter. <laughs> uh, it was actually wow. a different movie. John Carpenter or John Carter. Carter, John Carter okay. was in the the book, but it was called something else. But John Carter was, was actually his uncle. Was it the Mars Chronicles, the Chronicles of Mars? I think so. I this read the series. It was uh, a princess of Mars. A princess. Um, but it doesn't say, but I think you're right. I think it was that Chronicle. Um, but anyway, John Carter. But space exploration has been something of interest, I think, pro- probably since civilization. You know, we've always looked up at the stars. We've always looked up there. And before it was like the gods or whatever coming down, or it could have been aliens or just the meteorite or meteor um and now it's time for us to go out there and explore what is in what is out there hey but that perseverance though yeah that perseverance so perseverance and and the mars and the the rover uh, like we're saying earlier you know it, it takes seven months to get there it's not as long as what you'd think but part of what i'm wondering is you know the samples that you talked about that they're drilling for I don't I don't know when we're going to get those samples because they're drilling and they're storing it. And then all I've seen and read and heard is there will be another mission for uh, a retrieval rocket. Yep. Come and pick the stuff up and then bring it back. Yeah, because they're saying the the only way to really study that is to actually physically get it back to Earth. And so mm-hmm. what they're doing is they're storing it in tubes and then dumping it on the planet on the surface planet they're drilling it and just sticking it out uh and uh, then someone will come around and 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 pick it up and then bring it back so i guess they just have to transport either transport fuel there or figure out how to make fuel uh there and just pollute the atmosphere on mars but yeah (laughs) which we absolutely would not do right (laughs) you just make a refinery there yeah Uh, so that's you know, that's the other thing, too, is part of this exploration, perhaps if we're going to explore other planets, uh, we'll be doing strip mining and stuff like that. But, you know, are, are we going to spend some time to figure out, are there any other materials or other properties that will help strengthen whatever materials that we have here uh, that'll make it beneficial for right. for Earth? Right, so, right. It's just seeming more and more like the same old shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what's here on Earth? We go to another planet. Oh, look, it's the same materials there. It just seems that everything's the same. Uh, just maybe less of it. Yeah, and it'll be the same where we destroy things, we litter. Yeah. I mean, we have the 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 rainforest, the Amazon. We destroy that. We're destroying it. We've got Antarctica. We're destroying it. Greenland. We're destroying it. Every environmental thing that we touch, that we come into contact with, yeah, we seem to eventually mess it up. Well, that's why. Yeah, that's what brings me back. That I think humans are just cancer. Yeah, I mean they'll just go from one planet to another and just destroy it and then move on because we can't. We can't not. not uh, consume something. Yeah, we're 
We're consumers. We are the Borg. We <laughs> yeah. will assimilate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, we, it, it still would be interesting to get people to Mars. I mean, it would just it would just be awesome just to get someone there, people there. There's people, um, from what I've read, that are lined up to just join it. They know it's a one-way trip, but they're going to be uh, obviously in the history books to being the first interplanetary uh, uh, travelers. And uh, just to be there, obviously, they'll probably be in their 20s. Um, and then you're firing off and firing them off into space. And that's the end of their life is 23 years and seven months. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and, you know, I think you're right as far as the people who are lined up to do this. They're looking for a way to um, live in infamy and live forever. And that's... And that's doing being one of the first to do something like this. You will go down in history and you will be remembered for as long as there's history. Right. I agree. And and thinking of it that way, you're not ever going to be dead. Right. Physically, you're gone. But nah. Your picture, everything's going to be gone. As long as you're the first one off the spacecraft, because... Who remembers the other guy that was with Neil Armstrong? Yeah. <laughs> Can the, you imagine? <laughs> the other guy that's flying around the moon up in that freaking uh, whatever that thing was called that brought the ship back. Yeah. <laughs> and no one remembers that guy. This will be, you know what we're going to see? We're going to see Cabbage Patch creatures on the planet and everybody's going to be jumping off trying to grab it just like a Walmart during holiday time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. It it is going to be the most remembered is who set foot first. Not not necessarily the second, third, or the group of people, but it's just like a Wheaties box. Yep. A gold medal. They were the you're first on. Second, person. Yeah. Who's that person? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, and, I would be punching the person in front of me. Get out! I paid my two million dollars. I'm the. I'm gonna be first. <laughs> out of you know? here. That's right. <laughs> What's cool about it is the um yeah, it's just it's just everything about uh space travel and getting getting there. It just seems more commonplace to get there. Um it's just making um earth travel just that more interesting cuz you know that SpaceX thing that Elon is saying where you can get anywhere in less than an hour anywhere on earth in less than an hour. That's that's just like well now that we're going out into space, we can use space as a uh, a pushing off point where there's no um, um, wind resistance or no air resistance like there is on the planet. So, so you can get anywhere. You can get to, you know all the way on the other side of the planet in less than an hour because you just shot up into the highest stratosphere or wherever you are up in the highest atmosphere and then come back down, and you're just using no gravity and and partially the the rotation of the earth to get anywhere you want so why can't we have some sort of hydrogen based thing where you get condensation create condensation which creates water which you turn into uh some sort of pressure and um use that for propulsion right or uh you were talking before about the 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 solar sails and things like that, mm-hmm. 
You know, so okay, so we have solar cells, but then why can't we also have uh, propulsion by hydrogen, where that'll give it that boost? Maybe we control do a control slowdown going by a certain planet to get photos and videos, and then in order to ramp up that speed real quick again during the time of the orbit, if it's a six month orbit or whatever it might be, then we uh, create. The condensation, then we turn that into the water, we turn it into hydrogen, um, um, and use that as propulsion to shoot off again, right? Well, though, I'm just thinking about this, but once you're in space and moving, I don't think you need to stop anywhere because you're going to be constantly moving no matter if you stop at Mars or if you stop at Saturn. I think you're still going either the same speed or faster. Um, so once you move, then there's nothing stopping you. So I don't know if we need to create fuel as we would need to create, uh, some kind of supply, like a, a food supply or something. Uh, so maybe, maybe you're right. Like if we get there, it's a base station and because we're landing, we need to get another starting point for fuel, but it's probably mainly just to pick up supplies for, um, to get out further. But once you pick up your food supply and everything from Mars, which is seven months. Seven months is not a long time compared to the next planet. Yeah. <laughs> that is a long time. That is far away after Mars. Yeah. I was thinking more about uh, unmanned. Um, right. Unmanned probes. But, uh, and as far as that slowing down, you know, we put up the, uh, put on the brakes, slow down so we could get some more information, more data from whatever planet or moon that we're passing by. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing is a lot of these planets have moons and maybe the moons are uh, inhabited or had life on it. And maybe it's not the planet, but maybe it's the moon. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Well, there is, uh, isn't there liquid on uh, one of Jupiter's moons? Uh, Jupiter and Saturn, well, Saturn, and there's one of the moons, or whatever, that's all ice. So, isn't I mean, there, isn't there liquid on Uranus? Uh, no, I think it was wiped clean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, isn't it? Is it Saturn or is it uh, Jupiter? I thought it was Jupiter, but either way, why are we going to Mars if we already know that Jupiter has one of Jupiter's moons has uh, liquid on it? I don't know. Maybe because um, maybe it's because of that fascination from way back when we started looking up, you know, Venus and Mars, green men and red men. I'm calling up NASA. Uh, you call up NASA, and I'm going to check with uh, JPL. There you go. And we'll find out certain things. Why and how fast. <laughs> Oops. And when. Uh, you know, we forgot to mention uh, Blue Origin with uh, Bezos. Right. Because he's doing a lot, too. I mean, we've mentioned the other two guys, but Jeff Bezos, he's investing a lot for his space travel, space exploration with Blue Origin. Oh, yeah. No, that's Yeah. Besides, he's richer than those guys put together. Mm-hmm. Blue Origin. That's what we are. That's what Earth is. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah, so, Jupiter is... Five, what is this number? 
It is $343 billion. Whoa, that's a lot further away than Mars. No, $343 million. Oh, okay, so just it's twice as far. $343 million. 12,346 miles away from Mars. Oh, away from Mars. Mars is 143.23 or something. So AU is, I think AU is astro units. Astro. Rastro. (laughs) So, um, yeah, uh, that's quite a a ways. Away. Yeah, uh, it'll be a long time before anyone gets out there. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. And then oh, we're talking about one of the planets that has an icy moon. Let's see, I, I don't know. Saturn is a massive ball made mostly of hydrogen and helium. Let's see, they've got the icy ring. So maybe they don't have an ice moon. Oh, it doesn't take that long to get to Jupiter. And you're you're right, though. It is Uranus that's... Uh-huh. I've seen my ice. I've seen Uranus. Yeah. Is it Uranus is is full of ice? Uh-huh. Uh it says Uranus far far from the sun. Uranus, Uranus has a blue green atmosphere that hints at its makeup. Uh one of the two ice ice giants. Um so oh it is a long time to get to Jupiter. It's 2000 days. Oh. Oh. It's 600 days if you want to do a flyby. But it's oh, really? 2,000 oh, days. Because it's so big. I, the uh, um, Your orbit. Yeah. If you want to get into orbit, it's 2,000 days to get into yeah. orbit. Because Mars, what is it? Uh, it's a little bit. We have 365 days in a year for Earth. And I think Mars is something like 687 days or something. I better check. I, I wrote it down. We don't want to be giving out wrong information. Yeah, 680. Oh, hold it. No, the mission is 687 days. I think that's also. They're I usually two year missions. Yeah, so 687 days is the mission. And I think that might be a Mars year. Let's see. Uh, it is 687 days for the mission and 687 days for a year. Uh, oh, really? The number of Earth days. Is 687 for one year on Mars. Oh, okay. Uh, so you would be younger. It just means we're going to live Mars. a lot longer when we're on Mars. Exactly. Or we'd be younger when we die, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, one of the two. <laughs> Damn. We'd be half the age when we die. Yeah, life expectancy on Mars is 42. <laughs> Martian years. Martian years. So when Martians get here, uh, they must be young. The Martians that we've seen. Yeah. (laughs) We go on a whole other topic of that (laughs) aliens because it it would be nice to think and to believe that we are not the only people on this planet or in this solar system or intelligent beings. podcast right here because we just went on and on and on and we really got into talking about life life on other planets have we had visitors from other planets so we're going to save that for another topic for another day but i want to thank you all very much for sticking around and listening to this podcast 
what you can do for us is please spread the word, share the podcast, rate it. We would love to have a five star, even though I know sometimes it might not be, but please give us a good rating and some comments. If you have anything that you want to call in and leave a comment, you could do so at 425-998-8251. That's our caller hotline. That again is 425-998-8251. My name is Chuck Tuck and co-host was Al Land. Until next time, have a good one everybody. Be safe and shoot for the stars. <laughs>